I know you all know this story. I don't need to even read it again, but I'm just going to read a few, and then I'll jump on a few. Amen. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another one. And uh, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on his journey. Hallelujah. I'll jump to 19. It says, After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled their accounts with them. So he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have you are faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And he who received two talents came and said, Lord, you gave, delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And he said, well done, good and faithful servants. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over Many things enter into the joy of your Lord. And then the one who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And his Lord answered and said, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I'll receive back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And to the one who has not, even what he has... From him who has abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends the reading of his holy word. I'm sure you all know the story. Story about talents. The one took the five talents, and went. The other had five, uh, two talents and went. And the other had one talent and went. Hallelujah. And the Bible says something that he gave to each according to their abilities. Amen. And the thing that I don't want you to miss out on is the beginning of the parable that, is, that says that the kingdom of heaven is like, which means that that is the way heaven works. That is how heaven operates. You, you understand? If Jesus used uh, parables to, to teach what he wanted to say, so he would say that once upon a time there was a man who had two, two sons, one said, Father, give to me. That was a story. Then he gives other uh, uh, parables. But this type of parables is like the kingdom parables. It's like the kingdom of heaven is like a man who had a hundred sheep. One got astray. He left the 99 and went to look for the, the one lost sheep. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who had a lady who had the coins and one was lost. She lit up a, a lamp and swept and found that one lost coin, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. So that one is more like characteristics of the kingdom. That one is not story, but that one is a teaching uh, tool that he's using to describe how heaven operates. Am I making sense? So this particular uh, parable is not to be taken as a story, it's not to be taken lightly. It's actually supposed to educate us about how heaven operates. Amen. Am I making sense? In Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight, we said God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, 
always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. Amen. Last week we talked about this scripture that God makes grace abound to our, towards us. So that in everything that we are doing, if we add the grace of God, it multiplies what we are doing. Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is what God gives to make up for what we are deficient in. Can I say that again? Grace is what God gives to make up for what we are deficient in. Amen. In other words, grace is an amplifier of what we have. Amen. Oh, I said amen. I, I was listening to um, an interview just before I walked in here by um, what's this guy? The guy who did uh, email, what's it called? Nathaniel Bassi, that's the guy. He was actually explaining this particular point. And I'm going to borrow the words he used. I just heard it about a few minutes before I walked in here. And he was saying that a lot of people, especially a lot of uh, uh, Christian praise and worship leaders in, in local churches, we have this attitude that it's not about the voice. It's not about the talent. It's just when we avail ourselves, God is going to use us. So don't mind my voice. Just listen to the worship. Just listen to the ministration. And then we minister, and it is nice and powerful. You, you understand? But what we don't understand is that God looks for excellence. He doesn't just grace anything. So if you are just going to uh, operate in, in whatever talent and you are not trying to improve yourself and try to build on what you have, God will, will use your voice, but only within the walls of the local church you are. He will not put you on a national uh, platform. He will not put you on a platform to, to the world because you don't have what it takes to use the grace to effectively, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So it, it's, it's not just the grace. So because of grace, you will not improve yourself and hope that grace will carry you through. No, grace does not carry passengers. <laughs> Am I making sense? Grace does not carry passengers. The fact that the grace of God is available doesn't mean that you must not work on yourself. The fact that the grace of God is not is available doesn't mean that you must not work on your attitude. The fact that the grace of God is available doesn't mean that you must not work to perfect or add to yourself. Amen. Last week we looked at First um, Peter four. How many remember? Said, as each one has a gift to minister as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If so, let the man speak. Let him speak. Let him speak. The, the, the scripture we read uh, um, in uh, uh, Peter was saying that add to your faith. Keep adding. Keep adding. What he was saying that improve yourself. Am I making sense? Improve yourself. If these things be in you, you make God's grace effective on your life. And you make yourself productive. So that you become a, a, a servant that is worthy of God's calling. If these things be not inside of you, you become unprofitable. Hallelujah. How many remember that scripture? Second Peter 1, isn't it? 5 through to 9. We read it last week. Amen. So it is not just the grace. But grace makes with our effort and ability that produces for us. Amen. Am I making sense? So grace is available. Grace is good. Grace makes everything work for us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, everyone has a gift. Everyone has grace to do. Everyone has a, an ability that is given. These are three servants. One receives five. One receives two. One receives one. 
Nevertheless, each one receives something. Amen. The, the reason why we struggle to use the grace of God effectively in ministry is because we are comparing ourselves with each other. We look at what somebody has and what we don't have, and it makes us feel that we don't have enough. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The one who had two talents, I don't know about you, but if I look at somebody who has five, and I have two, and I feel that I have the same ability as the one who has five, but I was given only two, I'll feel some type of way. How many would be like me? Because really, if you look at it, the, the guy produced 100% profit. So five, he got five more. The guy who had two got 100% profit. He had two more. So in my, in my view or in my mind, both of them are equal in terms of the abilities. But how come I was given only two instead of five? But that was not the guy's attitude. He says that whatsoever God has given me, I am going to do my best with it. Amen. I'm going to endeavor to move and to push it. Hallelujah. We all can't have the same grace. We all can't have the same anointing. We all can't have the same. You know, each of us have the same measure of grace. It differs, but we have grace. Amen. But each of us can't have the same talent. It is what you do with the grace multiplied by the talent that becomes. Am I making sense? So no child of God is excluded where the gift and grace of God is concerned in ministry. There is no one in our church who is useless. Pastors, no church member of yours is useless. You may not have found the talent or where the person is graced in. Amen. But if you take your time and you examine carefully, you will realize. Remember John Mark. Paul said to Barnabas that he was unprofitable. Do you remember? Because what Paul was expecting John Mark to do, he was not doing. So he discarded him. Amen. But Barnabas said, no, 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 I'll keep him. Okay, if you don't want him, give him to me. So Paul and Barnabas separated. And at another point, Paul repented and said, he is profitable. Bring him to me. Hallelujah. The person who they once said was not profitable is the one who gave us the whole history of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without him, I don't think the church will be the church that we have today. Because he wrote the book of Luke. Sorry, he wrote the, 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 the gospel of Mark. Hallelujah. He wrote the gospel of Mark. And he gave us a certain perspective that we didn't have till he came. The one that was classed as unprofitable. It is not because he was unprofitable. It's just that Paul hadn't found his worth. Sometimes we can have people in our church, in our ministry, in in the choir, in our fellowship, that we haven't found their worth. It doesn't mean they are not useful. Amen. It means we just have, God hasn't exposed their gift to us. If only we can have patience with them. Hallelujah. If only we can have patience with them. One day you realize that they are profitable, like Paul did. Am I making sense? So everyone is profitable. Amen. And everyone has a measure of the, or a proportion of the grace assigned for the ministry that God has called us. Amen. And that grace is linked to the gift that God has given us. 
In other words, if God has given you five talents, he gives you grace for five. If he has given you two talents, he gives you grace for two. If he has given you one talent, he gives you grace for one. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we struggle as Christians because we are expecting the five talents grace on our two. I don't know whether you understood what I said. The one who has five talent has five grace. You that has two, you have what? Two grace. Why are you comparing your two grace with the one who has five grace? A lot of us don't, if we, 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 we go on strike like the one with the one talent because we don't think that God is fair. But you look at your attitude. If God gave you that five grace, you would destroy yourself. How many would agree with me that the one who had the one talent, if he was given the five grace, he would have destroyed himself? Because his mind is not working well. He has a headache. I know you were a wicked man. He's thinking about how he has been unfairly treated. You knew I was a wicked man. Why did you collect my talent? And why did you even decide to work for me? And how come you are still working for me? How do you work for somebody that you think is wicked? Somebody you think is selfish. You are working for the person. What is in your mind? It means you are looking for an opportunity to steal from the person. The day you can, you can get the man's, unfortunately, a man's wealth comes into your hands, you will take off. Because the man is evil, so it's fine to steal from him. Amen. Amen. Grace is divine strength and enablement to function and to serve in a particular area. It is divine ability to do certain things for God effortlessly without struggling. Let me say it again. Grace is divine strength an enablement to function and to serve in a particular area. It is the divine ability to do certain things for God effortlessly without struggling. Hallelujah. A lot of people make a mistake because they have grace in one area. They think that that grace is transferable. For instance, I've seen this many times. Maybe you have grace in the area of singing. And all of a sudden, it makes you think that you can be, you can have the same grace to minister, to preach. Are you with me? And you go in to preach and you won't have the same results as you would have singing. And it's also vice versa. You see, if the grace is not there, don't sweat it. Wherever and whatever comes effortlessly to you is where you have been graced. Are are you with me? You see your calling, how not many Noble, how not many wise, how not many strong, but God has given or God has decided to give his grace or his secrets to the ones who people class as not clever. Am I making sense? And that scripture, that scripture tells us something that the thing that God gives you in your eyes, it's not very, it's not a big deal. It's not, it's not, it's not a big something. Let's look at it. First Corinthians 1, 27. 26. You see your calling. It starts by saying that, do you see your calling? That means, do you see your ministry? No, go to 26. For you see your calling, 
The word calling is the same word as ministry. For do you see your, your, your ministry, brethren? Not that not many wise according to the flesh, which be that what God gives you, it doesn't take like encyclopedia to handle it. It's not wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God chooses or has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And uh, God has chosen the weak things of this world to shame the things that are mighty. So it, have you seen somebody who know who can really sing? And when people, oh, you sing very well, they go, ah. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like those who are, who are gifted singers. When someone says, oh, you, are, you sing very well. Because it is in their eyes, it's not strong. It's not mighty. No, somebody can lead prayer in a certain way. Because to them, it's not mighty. Because to them, it's normal. It is. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. But please, let that attitude leave you. Whatever comes easy is some, a place that God has graced you. Are you with me? And so the, the advice that Paul gave is that, my son, be strong in the grace that God has given you. In other words, the place that God has given you that is, grow in it. Strengthen yourself in that area. Practice that thing until it becomes more effective than, than it is. Sharpen that skill. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 2, 1. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in that place. Because that grace is that gift. That thing that you don't class as something. I don't know whether you understand something. Please do not allow anybody or anything to bury that gift that God has given you. Don't become too big for that thing. I don't know whether I'm saying something. You see, because you can become so complacent in that area because it comes so effortless that you start converting other things. That doesn't come so effortless to you without realizing that this is where God has given you your grace. And without realizing that you are burying that talent, like the one who, unprofitable servant. You are chasing after the five talent, talents, guys, uh, grace. When you have your own, if you look at the, the reward that was given to the five talents and the one reward that was given to the two talents, it was the same. You have been faithful in few. Become a ruler over many. Few and many is the same as few and many. <laughs> Isn't that true? Did you read the, the same scripture? The one who came with five said that, he says that thou has been faithful with few. Become ruler over many. The one who came with two says that you have been faithful with few. Become ruler over what? Many. Is many and many not the same? Few to many is the same as few to many. Simples. But, but the guy was looking at the five. And because he's the, the one, the five is the one who looks like the star, he buried his one. If he had used his one to get another one, he would have received the same reward. You have been faithful with few, become a ruler over what? Many. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he, he just, he was looking at something else. A lot of us, we are like that. We look at something else. When we come to the house of God, we are looking at the stage. How many people can be on the stage? I don't sing as good as this person. Maybe yours is to Asha. 
Maybe yours is to encourage. Maybe yours is to, you know, do something, sweep. Don't abandon that looking at the one who is standing on stage and say that I knew you were a hard man. You didn't give me the talent to sing. You didn't give me the talent to shine. There is this young guy who writes majority of the songs that C.C. Wyman's sings. Nobody knows him. Poor guy. But his grace is what makes this lady's ministry effective. Because if he stops writing, we will not get the songs. Are you getting what I'm saying? But his grace is in sitting in a little room. What's his name? Duan Hill. How old is he? He's about 20 something. Young guy. But most of the songs, he writes them. Nobody knows him. On you, he only 600 subscribers. Nobody knows him. But, yeah, that's, that's his picture. Put his picture up. Yeah. Young little boy. See, but you don't know him, do you? But as soon as I mention C.C. Winans, everybody knows him. Knows her. Yeah. But that is it. You see, the way God's grace works, you may think that he, this guy is nobody, but without him, the administration that you are so envious of will not be. So you could be that you are the little one in the little corner, but you are needed for that, your little thing you do to make it work. Hallelujah. The reason why the man was furious with that guy was because you didn't even try. You didn't even do anything with your talent without realizing that your talent is intertwined with everybody else's. So if you fail to do what you are supposed to do, you are not only hurting yourself, but you are hurting all of us. If this guy says that he wants to be the next C.C. Winers, so he stops. After all, he wrote the song. So he's going to try and sing the song himself. What do you think will happen? Only 600 people will hear the song. At best. Are you getting what I'm saying? We will not get anywhere. But if you give that song to C.C. Winans, then it becomes something different. Hallelujah. Today I'm talking about him. You didn't know anything about him. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? And, and see, what we don't realize, we, we look at the Bible, we see the Pauls, we see the... But we don't realize that without the Epaphrasis and the Onesimuses, the little, little guys who are not, who are not written about, without them, Paul will not be Paul. Are you getting what I'm saying? You may occupy a little insignificant post in the church. Please, let that grace abound there. Stop looking at somebody who is on the stage. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's a team sport. Ministry is a team sport. There's no I in team. Don't want to be the one that is shining. Just be strong in the little area God has given you. Don't abandon that area for anything or anybody. Am I making sense? Excellence can only be achieved when you operate in the gift and the grace that God has gifted you. Assuming this guy, what's his name again? Duan Hill. Assuming this guy 
was all the time he was looking and eyeing the stage that C.C. Wyman's is on. And so instead of homing in on the song, you know, before a song comes out, the song would have been, you write three, three words, three or four sentences, you scramble, then you write three, four or five sentences, you try and sing the melody, the lyric, it won't work, then you try again, it won't work, then you try again. Sometimes it can take you about six months of trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying before it falls into place. My first book has not been published yet. It's been over seven years. And that's my first book. Because you try, you try, you try, you try, you try, you try, you try. It takes a lot of persistence. It takes a lot of, you know. Yeah. You are trying to compare yourself. You are, how old are you? You are 20 something. Sissy Winer started singing in the early 80s. You are not even born. You want to be like her overnight. Are you well? <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? No, it doesn't work like that. Rather, you stay in the room and perfect that grace, that, li- that little grace God has perfected. Keep working on Keep working, keep working, keep working. And produce the song and give it to her. Hallelujah. Any swear this song ministers, anybody this song saves, anybody this song uh, touches, he has a great portion of it. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? The, the, the blessing doesn't go only to C.C. Winans. It goes to him. Am I making sense? Yeah. So that little area that God has graced you, keep working on it. Keep working. Yours is to encourage people, keep encouraging. Yours is to pray for people, keep praying for people. Yours is to sing, keep singing, and keep working on that, that voice. Keep working on your, your ability. Keep working on it. Keep working. Keep working on it. Work until you become perfect. Because the grace is only increased on perfection. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. What will take you to the next stage is when you perfect that little skill. Amen. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. He says that, and whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance if you serve the Lord Christ. Amen. So do it for God himself and not for a man. Don't do it. See, when you are doing it for a man, the day they stop clapping for you, the day you feel discouraged and not want to do it. Are you getting Telly sings nicely. Oh, nice. Oh, one day she'll come and sing, and nobody will even stop, forget to clap. And nobody after church will say, Oh, you sang very well. Never ever get to the place that you say, I don't want to sing again. Never get to that point. Because you would have buried that talent. And the kingdom of heaven is like. The talent is not for you. It is for God. How many, how many understand what I'm saying? What did she say? Yeah. Talent is not for you. The grace is not for you. It's not, to, it's not something to use to appease yourself. It's not something to use to make yourself you know, look big in the eyes of people. No, no, don't have that mindset. How many understand what I'm trying to say? It's for God. So ignore man. Even when nobody says thank you, keep. How many understand what I'm trying to say? 
even when they say they don't say thank you do you know that the one who wrote the song would have written a few more songs that people forgot i've written so many songs that people received and didn't even say thank you this same guy would have written different songs Nobody cares. But then the same song. If he, stop, if he had stopped and got discouraged and decided to bury his talent, we would have not known him. Amen. Are you okay with me so far? So, if we are going to excel in the grace of God, then there are some few areas that I want you to really be mindful of. We are going to discuss that, those things very quickly and then we'll go home. Is that okay? Number one, pride. The servant that received five talents was commended by his master because he brought joy to his master. Amen. The Lord commended him. The one that received two also received um, commendation. Hallelujah. But if, for instance, the guy who had five, looking down at his fellow servant who had been given two, and looking down at the fellow servant who has been given one, do you know that pride would have not made him excel, excel in, in that talent? Because he will begin to feel that he's the chosen one. Amongst all the servants, he's the one that is favored. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? And I've seen it in the house of God many times. I'm the best singer. I'm the one who leads. When I lead prayer, the place shakes. I am the pillar of the church. When I remove myself, everything will crumble. I am the one that sees. I'm the one who tells pastor what is going to happen. And things happen. I am bishop's personal prophet. I write on a piece of paper and send it to him. So, you allow pride to rob you of grace. In uh, James chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The one who is humble, he gives them grace. So humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Starts from 8, isn't it? Start from eight. Go to eight. Six. Six, sorry. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Verse seven. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Eight. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Read on. Lament, mourn, let there be... Okay, and then verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. Humility brings grace. Pride takes grace away. There was a guy in the Bible called Nebuchadnezzar. How many remember him? Now, Nebuchadnezzar said something. And in Daniel chapter 4, verse 30, he says that, is this not great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty hand, my mighty power, for honor and my majesty? God said, hey, Whilst he was talking, in his mouth, God turned him to an animal. 
And he went into the forest eating grass for many years. <laughs> oh, please, Pastor Sam, I don't have problems. <laughs> he ran straight into the bush, became an animal. I have seen, I've been in church for a while, and I've seen people come, and pride has destroyed them right on the stage. Small grace, small talent. Ask me, I can't sing again. If you want me to sing, I have to. Yeah. Hey! Beg you. <laughs> you see, you'll be in the grass. I remember there was this guy. There was this guy who came, was playing drums, and he doesn't even know how to play the drums. When he hits one, he will ask for water. <laughs> hey, the way the guy believes himself. Hey, he be detecting. He be detecting. Have to go and pick him. And he'll give you time to come. Don't come this time, come this time. And when you come, wait. And then when he starts to play, he'll call for water. <laughs> Go for towel. Ah. I don't even know where he passed. And God knows how to embarrass you. You'll be there, God will bring some small child. I remember that Peggy came. That was the time Peggy came. It's like, this guy was bluffing. Then the lady came. It's like, my friend, step aside. And she sat behind the drum and started playing. That was the last time we saw the guy in the church. And Peggy was not a drummer. He's just a singer. But is that the, the pride? Hey, we could be playing worship, then he will stop. Oh. <laughs> you don't know what we've been through. Eh? <laughs> oh, man. Perhaps that God resists. Do you know what resisting means? It means God fights pride. But he gives grace to the humble. Which means when you humble yourself, he gives you more grace. He lifts you up. He lifts you up. He lifts you up. Don't be puffed up because of your talent. As soon as I smell pride, you are out. Because it is God's ministry. And I've, I've been here for a while and I've seen that he doesn't use proud people very much. When you are proud and you are leading worship, it doesn't work. With all your talent. See, have you ever been in a, in a, in a service that you can say that this is manpower? There's no... They are forcing, there's no presence, there's nothing. They are trying to use skill and experience, and it's not working. <laughs> Pastor Sam. <laughs> Pastor Sam says, 
experience kill a patapa. <laughs> you know what patapa means? It means you are, you are, you are forcing it to happen. They forced the ball into the hole. That was a, that was a uh, golf. But the guy hit the ball. The ball was still there. <laughs> the ball was still there. He said that that way when he used his leg to push the ball. I'm about to force the ball into the hole. If, if the stick would take it, let the leg take it. <laughs> Whichever way, the ball has to enter. <laughs> no. You can't force the ball. Hallelujah. Amen. Number, number two, don't look down on the gift. The one with that one talent, he looked down on the gift he had because he was comparing himself with others. Hallelujah. I remember when I started playing. I was about 12, 13. I was the least in the band. We had, you know, very, very Submallet, this person, that person, that person, all these sharks, and I was just there. You know, I, I, I won't tell you the name they used to call me. <laughs> uh, why would I tell you? <laughs> ah, but today, amongst all those guys, I'm the one who is still in ministry in a certain way. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because it was like, it was like a small talent, but I didn't look down on it. The last time they came to my church, they were, they were like, wow. Because like, they remember me as a little tiny boy. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't look down on yourself. You may have just one talent. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. Keep improving it. Keep working on it. The same uh, well done, good and faithful servant is what you are going to hear. Hallelujah. So don't compare yourself with others. Don't measure your talent with anybody else. Amen. In Psalm 73, verse 1, says that, this is David talking, he says that, truly God is good to Israel, such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. I almost stumbled. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Hallelujah. Don't look at somebody and the adulation they are getting, the claps, the fans they are receiving, and be envious of it. No. Stay in your lane. Hallelujah. Do you know Stephen could have looked at uh, the Peters and the uh, Johns and all those? No. He was given distribution of food. He did it powerfully. Hallelujah. He did it to the best of his ability. He didn't compare himself to the apostles. He was only an usher. He stayed in his lane. Am I making sense to somebody? Number don't procrastinate. Timeliness is crucial in using our gift in doing the work of God. Hallelujah. The servant with five talents and two went at once and put their talents to use. The one who had the one talent hid his talent. Maybe he was procrastinating. Procrastination is delaying and postponing what can be done now. Perfectionism makes some people procrastinate. How many know what I'm talking about? Until I'm perfect, I don't think I want to try. How, how many love BK's voice? I think, I think it's like, it's like ooh, I wish I had this voice. Like the way... Like the way I will be there with it. 
I want to perfect my baritone voice. What song was he singing again? We lift you high. We lift you high. And he has some vibrato at the end of it. Listen to the voice. We lift you high. (laughs) Don't think that because yours is high, yours is better. No, 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 no. As long as he's being lifted, easy. (laughs) Hallelujah. If BK says that I want to hide the talent until I have perfected it, before it comes out, we'll be waiting for a long time. So perfectionism has a way of stealing or making us procrastinate because we want to get it right before we bring it up. Fear, let me, let me concentrate on what I'm, let, let me concentrate on my, if you want, I can give you the microphone, you can continue the message after church. Sometimes fear makes us procrastinate. But we are afraid that it don't come out right. We are afraid that, you know, we might go off. We are afraid that people will not clap for us. They will not compliment us. So we want to hide. How many have that fear? No, no, no. That is procrastinating. And that stops you from using the talent God has given you. Sometimes you have been called to be an evangelist. But what if I go and I talk to them and they look down on me? What if the, what I'm saying doesn't come out right? But practice makes perfect. Sometimes when you go with that little, God perfects it. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to, to somebody? Yeah. Who knows whether God has called you for such a time as this to use that your little skill. Amen. Esther chapter 4, he says, this is Mordecai. He said, if you don't go, salvation will come from somewhere else. But who knows whether this time around, God has given you. Listen, it's always a button, a relay. It's, I, I don't know whether, it, me, I've been in church for a while. I've seen it. It's, it's always a relay. God will bring somebody. Then the person will run with a button up to a point and then have to hand over the button to somebody else. Maybe the button has just been handed over to you. By the time you finish tying your shoelaces and trying to look proper before you start running, the grace would have been finished. Tell this is not what happens with a relay. You don't have time to adjust. Once the button cuts into your hand, what do you do? Run. You run before the, the button is given to you, and as soon as you feel the button in your hand, you just take off. Now you want to check your hair because you are coming on TV so you want to get no we don't do that you want to get it perfect before no hallelujah and number number four contamination from sin don't contaminate your gift with sin hallelujah In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Amen. Therefore, he requested for the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. One of the greatest and the saddest things that I've seen in the house of God is when gifted people use their gift corruptly. Start to sing very well. And all the ladies are. You start to play very well. And then all the ladies admire you. And then before you realize you have slept with about 15 
15 girls in the church. You have impregnated about seven of them. Five of them have done abortion. I'm not telling something that is a story. I've seen it. And you see, at the end of the person, with all the grace and the talent and the ability, start to sing beautifully. Everybody admires you. And you let an old man somewhere sleep with you and pregnant you. Please don't comment on my preaching. Pastor Gloria is not here. I don't want any, any remnants. What number am I on? Number five. Live beyond accusation. Live beyond accusation. Don't let people look at you funny and accuse the grace of God on your life. How many understand what I'm saying? Your, your, your lifestyle when the lights are not on must match the lifestyle when the lights are on you. Otherwise, the grace of God will be defiled. Who are you when no one is watching? In Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, so the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find no charge. They could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Let it be your testimony. Now as for this girl, she's very rude. Then you come and stand on Sunday, we lift you high. <laughs> there was this lady who used to lead praise and worship. And in the middle of praise and worship, maybe the drummer would play the wrong beat or the keyboardist would play the she would turn and then sharply in front of everybody. And then they want to continue. By that time, the whole service is brought. She was in the church for a long time and no, no man was saying hello to her. He's like, how can anybody say hello to you with this attitude? In the middle of worship, she'll turn. So one day, so one day, a brother came to the church. Very cool, quiet brother. Then the pastor looked at this brother and said to the brother, I have somebody for you. And the brother said, Pastor, anything you say, I will do. And the pastor said, have you seen this girl? Then the brother said, I've seen her. And the pastor said, I want you to marry her. And the brother said, I will marry her. And the brother married her. Within three weeks, that attitude finished. Till today. No, no, no. The, the, that attitude, that grandness, it ended immediately. Because the brother. <laughs> We lift you hard, yeah. <laughs> Quiet guy. But deadly. The girl didn't see it coming. The, the sister didn't see it coming. The guy the girl came back to church after honeymoon and we never saw that attitude. Oh, please, please, can you play this song for me? Oh, please, what key? Now, play. Hey! 
Is this the same person? Only God knows what the brother did to her. <laughs> what number bound? It's amazing if you have been in church for a long time, you see all sorts of characters and you see all sorts of things. Diligence in pursuing the source of your grace. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because it's easy to run with the gifts without realizing that there's a source from where the gift comes from. Am I making sense? And I've seen it happen so many times or so often that people become so, so caught up in the hype of their own success or whatever you want to call it, so that they forget that it came from somewhere. What is it that you have that you did not receive? What is it that you are that you was not given to you? So why are you boasting in it? Why have you forgotten the God that gave you that grace? Now you don't pray anymore. Now you don't fast anymore. Now you don't worship anymore. You don't read the Bible anymore. The same source that gave you the gift, now you have cut the source from you. Saul forgot that he was nobody. He was a nobody looking for his father's dead, his father's asses that had run away until he met Samuel. And Samuel told him his destiny, changed his destiny, and Samuel became his mentor. When he became another man, he became a king, and things started working for him, he forgot to liaise with Samuel. And when Samuel gave an instruction, he went and did a counter-instruction. He went and did something different. And then when he came, he was trying to hold Samuel's robe to say that, oh, you are begging, you go with me, so that let me save face. And as he held onto the robe, the robe tore. God's, and the, the man of God said, just as you have torn my robe, so has the kingdom been torn away from you. Why? Because he forgot the source of his grace. Do not forget the source of your promotion. Hallelujah. Amen. You are now a pastor. Don't forget what brought you where you are. I've seen that happen so many times. As soon as they appointed pastor, they can't hear from the pastor who appointed them as pastors. And one, one pastor, one of my, my bishop's pastors, my friend bishop's pastors, said, you see, you can't take decisions without consulting us because we are the pastors of the church. Hey, who made you a pastor of the church? So Pastor Sam comes to me and telling me off that you can't take decisions like that without consulting us. We are the pastors of the church. Huh. Today, you are calling me we are the pastors of the church. My friend called me and was telling me the story. He told the pastor off and walked out of the church. He hasn't been to the church since. Who were you? What did you know? You didn't even know where Titus was in the Bible. I showed you where Titus is in the Bible. Who Titus is in the Bible? Today, you are telling me that we are the pastors of the church. Your mouth like church. <laughs> Don't be deluded. Don't let the promotion get to your head. Because if you have become a father, I'm a grandfather. Yeah. That's right. That's 
the day you become a grandfather, I'll be a great grandfather. We can never ever be mates. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I always tell my, my, my friends that me, I'm not a proper pastor. So this type of things, if you come and try it to, with me, you will get a very nasty shock. Because my friend, oh, okay, God bless you. I say, hey, me. You stand in front of me and say this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, let us not forget that whatever, whoever we are, God made us so, but God used somebody. Never ever get to the place where you disrespect the hand that blessed you. The hand that lifted you up. The hand that promoted you. Never ever get to a place where you become so big. I, I have a bigger church than my, the pastor that actually led me to Christ. But I call him my father. Every year, I go to him to pray for me. Yeah. I, everything, you go to his church. The chairs in the church, I, I sent it to him. Same chairs as this chairs. I sent it to him. The instruments he has, I sent it to him. He's my father. I have a bigger church than him. But it doesn't make me a bigger pastor than him. Are you with me? Because I was 13 years old, 12 years old, when he was preaching to me. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I can never ever be bigger than him. You remember you went to the church. You saw the church. But that's my father. He led me to Christ. My first 10 years of Christianity, he was the one. He taught me how to pray. He taught me the Bible. He, everything I know, he taught me. That's my father. I may be bigger than him. I have preached in many more countries than he has. I have raised more churches than he has. I have raised more pastors than he has. But that doesn't make me equal to him. Never will it ever make us mates. It's like Kiran saying that we are mates. How can that be? I carried you. I changed your purpose. You can't, we can't be mates. Uh, oh, you don't get what I mean. We cannot, we can never be. If he, when he becomes a father, I'm a grandfather. When he becomes a grandfather, I'm a great grandfather. We are not colleagues. So as colleague ministers, <laughs> I will slap you till tomorrow morning. <laughs> How many understand what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's be humble. One, of you, one, one day you have a bigger church than me. Yeah, but I'm your father. Never forget it. Never ever forget it. If you run too quickly, you go and crash. All the guys who just try to compare themselves with my friend, they've done left and become nothing. Don't be like that. Hallelujah. Have you learned something? Stand to your feet.